welcome to this very special episode of the Great Sin 68 podcast. We're going to bring you some of the best bits from this season as we look back at a fantastic year for Birmingham City ladies. I was joined by my co-host Chris Pugh after a few episodes and since then we've taken the show from humble beginnings when I first started at the beginning of the season ahead of the Arsenal game to what we became at the end of it. You'll hear from such players as Rachel Williams, Ellen White, the former manager David Parker. We have had so many incredible guests this year and I hope you enjoy the next 45 minutes or so of some of the best bits of this year. Thank you for your continued support and keep right on. Welcome to this very special edition of the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City Ladies podcast. Over the course of the next hour or so, you're going to be listening to some of the best bits that we've compiled from our shows, our first 29 shows of this podcast. And it's going to begin with me recapping what happened over the summer before the season started. It all began the summer with the European Championships. England, of course, got to the semi-finals, an impressive display by the team, particularly Jodie Taylor, who was a goal machine during the summer. Ellen White, of course, popping up with a goal in the first game against Scotland. She didn't disappoint herself. She played quite well in the games that she did play. She obviously showed the qualities that she showed for Birmingham earlier in the year. Her determination, which is shown throughout her whole career. She's one of the sorts of players that never stops giving you 100%. She always gives everything, leaves it all on the pitch. And that's the sort of player we want here at Birmingham. I caught up with Ellen after the Arsenal game, the first game of the season, and this is what she had to say about playing for Birmingham City. I'm delighted to be in this squad. I'm very proud to play for for Birmingham. And, um, you know, we've got good things to come yet. So uh, this is just the start for us. We've had the opportunity to speak to Ellen twice this season, and this was the second time Chris got to speak to her after the 2-0 win against Manchester City. Over 210 minutes against yep. these now, from a fan's perspective, I think we've battered them. Yeah. You know, we, we've shown that tonight we were better than them 1-11, to and that's brilliant to see. That must be a real big boost. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Obviously, we, we want to do well for our fans, and we appreciate all their support and their dedication to come watch us in the freezing cold. Yeah. We want to prove to fans and to everyone that, you know, these teams are beatable, you know. They're very privileged, obviously, to have the money. We'd love that. Yeah. But, you know, we work hard and we, we die for the cause on that pitch and we love playing for Birmingham and we'll do anything and everything to get three points. So um, hopefully that showed again tonight that we will be high tempo, working hard and hopefully finishing lots of goals. So that's, um, that's good and, you know, we're delighted. And hopefully, you know, we get more fans back and be excited by Birmingham and by playing against top teams and, and thinking, right, they could do something. Yeah. You know, we can actually get three points here today and be excited by what we do on the pitch. When I came, I was excited by the talent that's in this squad. The girls are proving how talented they are yeah. and, you know, how hard we work in training and, and bringing that to fruition actually on the pitch. So, you know, we've got fantastic players. You know, Aoife running the back line, you know, yeah. Keza thought had an outstanding game with Jess again, mm. Marissa in midfield, you know what I mean? Emma, Charlie, like you said, Rach Williams, Anne in goal. Like, yeah. it's just ridiculous. But that's the whole point, isn't it? You're, you're virtually naming the 11 there, and that's testament to the way we've 100%. And even the only subs that came on as well, they worked their socks off. So, you know, I'm really proud to, to be in this squad, to, to be you know like you said leading the line and and you know getting on the end and, and scoring yeah. goals as well but credit to everyone we we put in you know a tough shift we've played 120 minutes and played another 90 mm. in, in a few days so um fair play to everyone ahead of the season we signed three players lucy quinn who we will hear from later on in the show 
and Maddie Cusack came from Aston Villa, and Hayley Ladd was the former Bristol City captain that Mark Skinner signed. I got the chance to speak to them over the course of this season, and here are the best bits from those interviews. Thank you for joining us, Maddie, on the Great Sense 68 podcast. How's it been like being at Birmingham so far? Yeah, it's been brilliant. I'm loving it, loving training every day. and yeah, It's a really professional like, atmosphere, so yeah, really enjoying it. You mentioned that it's more professional since you joined Birmingham. What's your day like? What, what, what does it involve? I'd usually train in the morning, get a good training session in, then sometimes we'll have gym or recovery, depending on what the week's like. It's a big step up from Villa. We're training um, in the evening, so it's a, a lot different training in the day. It's more like a um, full-time job. How was it, Hayley, to play your first game for Birmingham Ladies in the in the WSL? I'm really delighted to have made my debut, especially at home. Um, makes it a little bit more special when, to top it all off, we got the three points, so all good. It's been about ten days since you officially signed for the club. How has it been? Are you fitting in well? Yeah, it's been brilliant. Loved it from, you know, settling into my new house with the girls to seeing what the local area is like. And then uh, training's been brilliant and a real challenge for me, which is exactly what I wanted. And it's, it's literally everything that I could have dreamed of as a move. So, yeah, really, really happy. Over the course of the season, we have lost several players who have left the club for numerous reasons. The first one happened in the summer before the season started, and this is my recap of what happened. Perhaps the most noteworthy of all was Ellie Brazil, youthful striker. She's very highly rated. Brazil was offered a contract by Fiorentina, the Italian champions. It's a shame that she's left, but when you've got the chance to play in Champions League football for a team that's going to be their first chance at playing at Champions League, It's uh, one of those opportunities you can't really turn down. It turns out to be a great move for Ellie Brazil, as just this past week she won the Coppa Italia with Fiorentina, having beat Brescia 3-1 in the final. It was the second time Fiorentina had won the cup in two years, and it's a great moment for Ellie to be a part of. Bella Lindham was the next to go. She never really got a chance uh, at Birmingham Chris. Obviously, injuries hampered her career here. It seems like it's a mutual decision. She obviously wants to play more. And uh, Mark Skinner's decided she possibly wasn't the right fit for him. It's a, it's a shame, really. The whole story is a shame. She's been at the club for a year and a half and to only amass 10 appearances in that time it is a real shame. Um, you know, the girls clearly got a lot of ability but unfortunately with the with the constant injuries taking her a long time to get back it's a difficult one for Mark he wants to progress the squad and and develop the squad and her contract was expiring at the end of December and it it was a case of do you do you gamble on her getting fit again or do we do we try and free up a bit of space for somebody else And, and and they've gone down that route if Bella Linden is is 100% fit for Blues, then then she's certainly good enough to be in our squad, maybe even starting 11. Yeah, as you say, it really is an, an unfortunate circumstance that we've had to let her go. She had that brief moment this season against Watford in a friendly where she came on and scored two goals in the space of 10 minutes, and it looked like yeah. it was the time when she was going to turn it around and push forward into the season, but obviously it's not going to happen that way. Bella Linden eventually joined FC Cologne and she's played there since leaving Birmingham City and she's so far made seven appearances for the German side. The departure that followed Bella Linden's exit from the club was one which cut Chris quite deeply. That was one of his favourite players and this is how that conversation went. We've put it off as far as we can Chris but we're going to have to talk about Chloe Peplow. I think I've got to go now, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) I know you don't want to say anything too bad, Chris, but obviously the the club announced they were going to release Chloe Peplow. She's been there for 13 years, I think it is, from the youth setup all the way to the first team. She's obviously been on loan at Doncaster Bells this season. 
almost a year on from when she signed her first professional contract she's been released Chris and what are your thoughts on that? At the end of the day we we have the manager and, and we have to trust their decision for me not just for me I think I think a lot of Blues ladies fans were a bit dismayed to say the least at the decision for me I don't understand it we speak a lot about Blues as as a club that brings through young English players and develops them and makes them better and it's a place where young English talent wants to be you know that's been the case for a long time if, if you're young and you're hungry then Blues is a really good place to be and they can help you develop I think to let her go is is a very strange one maybe he's got ideas in his head about midfielders he wants to bring in either this window or in the summer but um, for me it's a really it's a really disappointing one I think I think Chloe is a more than good enough to, to be in our first team right now I Never mind in, in a few years' time when she gets better and better. From Chloe's point of view, it, I think it's, it's probably similar. I think she's, she's sad to, to have gone. You know, she's got a World Cup coming up and she, she's got to think about that, I suppose, in the summer. But in an ideal world, she'd want to, she'd want to continue at Blues, I think. But I think, I think it is. I think it's very, very sad. Following her release from the Blues, she signed for Brighton and Hove Albion. She will play in the WSL 1 next season as Brighton were one of the teams accepted into the new WSL top division for next season. And the final departure from Birmingham City this season was Andreen Hegerberg. The Norwegian midfielder left for Pastures New and she joined French side Paris Saint-Germain in the new year. There was a lot of speculation in the week running up to this as the transfer window was reaching its conclusion and the move was finally put through as I was away on holiday in Ireland. Here is the conversation me and Chris had after I returned. From Andrew's perspective, once someone like PSG comes calling for you, it's, it's very difficult to turn that down. I can argue that Birmingham didn't have to let Andreen go, but no doubt playing in the same country as the sister will be big for her. You can see just how close those two are. Yeah, they are very close, you know, and when Blues haven't got a game, Andreen's gone to gone over to France to watch Ada and I think the, the Champions League final was in Cardiff last year and, and Andrine and the family went over to see Ada play in that as well. So and like I said it PSG at the end of the day, as much as as much as we're blues fans, so playing for Birmingham is is something incredibly special for us, you know. To be fair to Andrine, it's PSG and they're a massive club. They're they're a really big club in the women's game. They're you know they're they're very committed to to challenging Leon in the French League and in the Champions League, so it's a great opportunity for her. Before the season started, I predicted what I thought was going to happen this season, and here is what I had to say in episode one of this podcast, all the way back in September. So, with the names in and out out the way, let's move on to the new season. Cautiously optimistic, I'll say, about how Birmingham are going to get on. At the start of the year, when we went into the Spring Series, I was a bit apprehensive, because I wasn't aware of the work that Mark Skinner had done at youth level. But he's obviously galvanised the team once more. Started to bring in some of the players he wants to add to the squad. And it looks like we're in a decent enough position going into the new season. In my uh, league season preview, I predicted we we're going to finish in fourth. As we did uh, in 2016. I'm hopeful. I'm not sure with the uh, strengthening that certain teams have done this year that we're going to achieve that. But I'm positive we, we can do if we play as well as I know the players can. The season began with our first game away, which was a trip to Boreham Wood to face Arsenal. 
The hosts eventually won 3-2 despite two great goals from Ellen White and Ellen White was taken down when she was through for a possible third and that resulted in a red card for one of the Arsenal defenders. I spoke to Mark Skinner for the first time but it wouldn't be the last time of the season and I asked him about the game and how the team would go going forward after that first defeat. Our game was always to try and counter-attack today and and as you see with the two quality goals from Ellen that we could do that so I wanted to add something more to our game whereas other teams before we, we tried to dominate possession. Disappointed with the result but I've just said to the girls look it's a it's the first part of the season and I'm going to uh, we're going to work and, and make sure we are where we should be at the end of the season. Straight on the back of the Arsenal defeat we took on Everton at home and it was a great way to bounce back with a 2-1 win over the Toffees. Goals from Ellen White and Charlie Wellings gave us the win, but an injury to goalkeeper Anne Katrin Berger perhaps overshadowed the win. And a really remarkable moment for the 16-year-old goalkeeper Franz Stenson, who came on for her first appearance for the first team and ensured that Birmingham got the points on the day. I spoke to her after the game. It wasn't the circumstances you expected to come on today, but how, how did you think you did in your first game? Um, yeah, I thought it was alright, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed your kicking's quite good. Is that one of your best strengths in, in your game? Um, well, no, actually it wasn't, but yeah, I've been working a lot on it. What has it been like um, being in, in the development um, over these years? How, how are you feeling it's progressing with Birmingham? Do you think uh, you're happy where you are? Oh, so yeah, I was at the RTC, so I've come through from the 16s and through development and now first team. So I think it's a good development programme. A trip down south was next for the Blues as Birmingham travelled to take on Reading at Wickham's Adams Park Stadium. It was a 2-2 draw on the day. But I got to speak to Captain Keris Harrop and defender Paige Williams for the first time and here are the best bits from their interviews. Paige, thank you for joining us on Great Sense 68. What was life like in um, Italy for you when you were over there? Oh, it was amazing. It's feeling like Italy today actually with the sun. You know, I had my reasons for going and I think they paid off and I've come back a better player, person and more experienced. You know, I experienced Champions League. I'm really enjoying being back though. I felt like at that time I needed to go and I've done it and now I'm back home and it feels good and actually Birmingham feels like home. This is probably the happiest I've been playing football so yeah I'm really happy. How do you think uh, English football has changed since you were last here, um, obviously after your spell in Italy? Yeah massively you know there's a lot more funds and gone into the game. It feels more professional. It's about time really you know we're getting more people in coming to watch us and the way we can drive that is just by keep performance so the fans want to come back and I'd say if you haven't been and watched the women's game, come and watch because everyone I've spoke to, once they've been once, they usually they get addicted to it and then they're there every week then. So I'd just say come and, come and have a watch and you might enjoy it, who knows. Thank you for joining us, Karis, on Great Since 68 podcast. Uh, first of all, what were your thoughts on the game today? I thought it was a tough game. Um, we knew kind of coming into Reading it was always going to be um, a physical game. Created a lot of chances and going in the last minute, we, we definitely deserved uh, the draw, if not a win. Obviously, the uh, the club's given the goal to you. You you must be quite chuffed about that. Well, I'm quite chuffed actually. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say I'll, I'll say um, kind of brisked off my uh, my hair maybe, but um, I'll have to look back and and see what happened. <laughs> but over recent years, Birmingham's defence has been has been quite uh, notably quite good. Do you feel that you um, might have still have a chance of an England call up in the future? I hope so. You know, I've always wanted to get back to England. That's you know my, any any girl's aim really, but especially mine. But yeah, I've just got I've just got to keep playing well for for Birmingham and and being a leader on the pitch and leading this team to success and hopefully something will come of it. You've got a milestone coming up soon with um, your 100 games in the um, WSL. It must be important to you to have represented Birmingham for so long. It is, yes, very important. Um, you know, I've kind of been at the club since I was 10 uh, and then, yeah, representing the first team since I was 16. So, yeah, I'm chuffed to 
to be reaching that milestone and leading the girls on the pitch. A 4-0 win over Oxford in the Continental Cup followed with a cheeky backheel goal from Frida Eisi, the highlight of that one. But the Blues crashed down to earth in the next game with a 3-1 defeat away at Manchester City. Keris Harrop, the captain, got sent off in this one after lashing out at Georgia Stanway. But on the positive note, I got to speak to Abby Lee Stringer, amongst others, after the game. And here are the best bits from that interview. We didn't deserve to lose. Put in a good shift, took to the game plan, the red card. That just changed the game after that. Today was the uh, day of the second seed derby, Villa versus Birmingham. As someone who's played for Villa yourself, yeah. do you think there's a rivalry there in the women's game the same as the men's? Yeah, obviously. I've played them a few times while I was playing for Birmingham. If you love playing against them, because obviously the old club. But yeah, definitely. I think anyone you play, there's always a rivalry. Having played for Villa, did you get any, any stick or anything after you came back? So I came to Birmingham, went back to Villa yeah. and come back to Birmingham, to be fair. It wasn't, wasn't too bad. I thought I'd get more stick than it wasn't too bad. Have you given any advice to Maddie Cossack? She's like the latest one to come from Villa to, to Birmingham. She is. She's probably like one of my closest mates, actually. Like I used to talk to her when she was at Villa. We stopped overnight in a room with her, so she's doing really well. I think she's training really well. I think when she gets a lucky break, she'll do really well for us. A second defeat in a row came afterwards away at Everton before the Blues returned to St Andrews for a win over Doncaster Bells, a 3-2 win. Charlie Wellings once again on the score sheet and I spoke to her following the game about how Ellen has had a positive effect on her game since signing for the club. We've noticed you've created quite a good bond with Ellen. Is she really improving your game since she's joined the club? Yeah, really improved my game. It's very good to have a senior player, especially a senior England player, to help me out and just gain my knowledge on the game. With Ellen White's absence from the team, you obviously are going to be relied on more to get goals. You've obviously started with three and you've matched her for goals this season, so you obviously must be quite happy with that. Yeah, really happy. It's a massive loss that Ellen got injured and we're hoping for her to come back very soon. But yeah, I'm happy to step up and try and score as many goals as possible. Obviously, I just love scoring goals being a forward and it's coming along this season, so I'm really happy. Despite success at St Andrews, Birmingham City went on a losing streak for three matches following the win over Doncaster Bells. Defeats to Liverpool, Manchester City and Sunderland were perhaps the lowest points of the club's season. The turning point came after that defeat to Sunderland away, but before that we will have interviews with Lucy Quinn and Jess Carter from that time. Here are the best bits from those interviews. That's obviously not a result you would have wanted today, but how did it feel like to captain the team today? Um, oh, it's a real honour to captain the team. Um, it's a great bunch of girls, so to be able to lead them out is, is a great honour and it's a great opportunity for me. I know that obviously it's disappointing why our captain's out, but it gives the opportunity to others like myself and Aoife to really uh, step up and, and try and be that leader that the girls look up to. So, um, like I said, disappointed about the result, but we go again. As someone who's very versatile as a player, um, do you like the um, opportunity to play in different positions in the game? Um, yeah, I think that it's, it's good and I feel like it's a good trait to have to be able to play different positions. Um, but at the end of the day, I just want to do whatever I can for the team, whether that's midfield, fullback, or whatever it may be. Um, do whatever, do the best I can for, for the team and hopefully put in a good performance to help us go out and get better results. And now here's Lucy. Despite the defeat uh, a couple of weeks ago against uh, Man City, did you enjoy the battle against Demi Stokes in England International? <laughs> I did, yeah. For me, that's always like a... A bit of a personal lift, you know, when I think, do you know what, I've, I've done all right there. I'm not going to deny that she got the better of me a couple of times. But other than that, I think it was a, a fairly even match and I learned so much from situations like that. So, yeah, I loved it. Why have you thought of um, working under Mark Skinner since you came to the club? If I'm honest, I, I love being here. I've literally learned so much in the time that I've been here and I, I can't wait to, to learn more. I like the way he manages the girls, he runs the club, you know, how, how he coaches. So, yeah, it's probably one of the 
one of the best things that's happened for me for my football career in terms of my development. So yeah, absolutely loving it. Uh, how's it been for you since you joined Birmingham? Have you settled in well? The girls have been great, honestly. They made me feel welcome straight away uh, in day one. Obviously, I was lucky enough to sign with another player in Hayley Ladd and we lived together in the house and yeah, she's made my time here uh, a laugh so far and we're really enjoying it. And finally, uh, for our listeners, what is something about you that others might not know? A lot of people don't know that I, I play beach soccer, but I actually play as a goalkeeper, which is quite bizarre as I'm a forward on, on grass. As mentioned before those two interviews, it was a massive turning point after the 3-0 defeat away to Sunderland back in January. The next game was a return back to Damson Park and we took on Bristol City. It was a 2-0 win and Hannah Hampton, who had been in goal for the majority of games since Anne went out with injury and obviously her battle with cancer, Hannah Hampton came in and I got to speak to her for the first time after the Bristol City game, which was our first win in the new year. It was important for myself because obviously after other performances, I knew I should have done better in some of the some of the goals conceded. But it also helps the team morale and boosts everyone. And hopefully we can get another clean sheet for the next game. Are you enjoying life playing for the first team? Of course. If you're not enjoying life playing the first team, you shouldn't be really playing football. It's not a great circumstance for me to have my opportunity, but everyone gets an opportunity sometimes, and you just got to, just got to prove yourself in it. I mean, I haven't proved myself just yet. I don't think. But I believe each game I'm playing, each time I perform better and better, they accept me more and more. Does it feel good to be a part of um, Birmingham, who have a long history of bringing through young keepers in the, this division and going on to bigger and better things, like uh, Becky Spencer has gone to Chelsea and obviously the likes that we have now? Of course. I mean, Mark's always said from the beginning he's always looking for the young English players coming through and he's hoping to obviously help us succeed in, in our careers. Personally for me, Birmingham's been great. It's from the centre, from RTC, working my way up to the development, into the first team. They've been so supportive. Uh, obviously having Leanne Hall, who was obviously a goalkeeper previously at Birmingham, it's obviously good to have her in the coaching setup to help you grow as a goalkeeper. Leanne's a great coach. I mean, she expects a lot out of us and it's great. It's just helping our ability to improve and she's always helping. I mean, she's a great coach. Everyone knows that part of the England youth setup as well how much of experience has that been and what have you enjoyed about playing for England? England's been a great experience for me I mean it's helped me understand the quickness of the women's game from playing internationally against top teams such as America, Germany and then getting an actual really good performance and getting good results beating Germany, qualifying for the Euros I mean it's helped so much it makes you less nervous before a game. I've been through so much in my short career already that I feel like I could go through a lot more, hopefully a lot more, and I won't be as nervous as what I would if I didn't go through more. And uh, finally, could you tell us something that people might not know about you? I used to live in Spain for five years, and I speak fluent seven languages. I know English. There's two Spanish languages. There's Spanish Catalan, Spanish Valenciano, French, German. I know sign language, learned a bit of Chinese. I mean, I've got a lot of languages. Birmingham rolled on into another victory in the next game against Yeovil with a convincing win at home. Here's Aoife Mannion, who spoke to Chris Pugh after the Yeovil game. 3-0 win over Yeovil today. Your thoughts on the game? Really happy with the result. Um, I think it was a positive performance. Consecutive clean sheets at home now. Tough start to the season with lots of away games. Do you think the season's you know, been kicked on and we're getting going now with the games at home? Hopefully. Uh, that was our intention when we came back... Um, after Christmas so these two wins I hope hopefully they're going to kick us forward um, going into the rest of the season take that into Reading next week in the FA Cup 
Yeah, that was the final question. The, the, as a group, you're confident with the with the game. Obviously, you know it's going to be a tough game going to Reading, but confident that we can do well in the cup again. Yeah, I think we're very confident, um, especially with the last two wins under our belt. Um, we'll be going in looking to obviously get the win and put in a good performance. We know it's going to be a tough game, um, especially with it being away at their ground. But we're confident, and fingers crossed. And that confidence from the Oval Town win carried into the cup game, which Birmingham City beat Reading 1-0 at Adams Park. It was a historic win for the club, having drawn at least the last four games against Reading. And I spoke to the goal scorer, Marissa Ewers, who scored a great goal to put us through to the next round. A great goal today. Um, how important was it to get the crucial goal against Reading? Oh, amazing feeling in that situation. I didn't think long about my shot or everything. I just took it and great feeling, amazing to definitely score in the cup game. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Reaching Wembley last year was obviously important for the club. How uh, special would it be to get there again? Oh, it would be special, definitely. Like last year when we went to Wembley, I got injured before, so I was devastated, of course. So if we can reach that again, that would be, yeah, that would be a dream. But the fantastic goal for Marissa Ewers wasn't the only highlight of that day. And Katrin Berger returned to the team after being diagnosed with cancer just three months before this match took place. Me and Chris discussed this event on the podcast at the time, and here are the best bits. I don't know what more you can say, really. You know, that is just, it's incredible when you say it out loud, isn't it? You know, diagnosed with cancer less than three months ago, and and then you're back in an FA Cup tie in a really big game. You can only give just massive, massive credit to her. You know, I'm in awe of, of what she's done in the last three months. Her attitude has been just nothing sort of sensational. And it, it's absolutely brilliant to have her back. Obviously, you want you want to give praise to, to Hannah Hampton and Fran Stenson for what they did. But there's no doubt that Anne's, Anne's the number one goalkeeper. And to have her back at, at this stage in the season is is key. It, it's You know, it's really important. And obviously, the story that goes behind it is you just got to hold your hands up and applaud her. Absolutely. And you can see just how having that strong character back in the team has galvanised everyone. You could see, um, I think Aoife put on uh, Twitter, she's called her the boss. And obviously, having someone with that character and that strength in times of hardship has really got the team. If if she can do it, then everyone else has no no excuse. They've got to perform. And I'm sure that's something that the girls and the club would have would have mentioned, you know, that they want to they get as far as they can for Anne while Anne was out. Birmingham City followed up their win against Reading with a defeat to Chelsea at home, but the former Reading striker Emma Follis spoke to me after the Chelsea game and she spoke of how it was returning to Reading as well as maybe a fun fact you might not have known about her. It's always nice to play against the team you've come from, especially against the win as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it was nice to uh, play against them and get the result. Been out for a, a long time, it obviously just great to be back, back, back playing football again. Um, how have you enjoyed time at Birmingham so far? It's, yeah, it's really good. It's, it's taken me a while to sort of get back fit and find my sharpness and my match sharpness again. I feel like I'm finally sort of getting into the swing of things now. It's been quite a long time coming, but I can only be up from here. And uh, finally, is there a, f- a fact about you that people not, might not know about you? Uh, I'm pescatarian, maybe. I don't think too interesting. A dramatic FA Cup game followed between us and Manchester City. Really gruelling 120 minutes from the team. And eventually we ended up losing the game. And it was a fantastic effort from the squad. 
I got to speak to one of the hardest working players in the team. She's been here before, Rachel Williams, and I got to speak to her after the game, and this is what she had to say. You returned to Birmingham City last year. Um, what's changed since you were here last? Um, there's a lot of things that changed. Um, you know, it was totally different under Marcus, and Mark's come in, got his own way of wanting to play, proven that we're good at defensive, but Mark's come in and he's like, you know, he's all about the new side of stuff, wants us to pop, wants us to play and be confident and uh, start playing the football that we know we can. Obviously, um, Ellen's been injured there over the last year, um, so you've had limited time playing with her, but um, how good is it to be playing with her again on the pitch? Yeah, brilliant for us. Um, you know, she's finally back. It was a bit of an ongoing joke that we was cursed that we weren't going to play together because I got injured, she got injured, then I'm back and now luckily touch wood that we're both back fit. Uh, I've played with Ellen at not, so I think been about the last like three four years I've played with Els and we both got great work rate we'll both run all day for the manager for the team for the girls and we just enjoy playing together. <clears throat> um, obviously having lived through the demise of Notts County is um, you are you hopeful that a fully professional league will work going forward? I hope so and then I can finally stop working he's trying to do the plastering and obviously the training and be a full-time player it's hard work so yeah I just Every year has proven that the WSL is getting bigger and better. You know, more people are investing in it. We're getting more fans. We're getting more players, like especially younger girls, watching us. Being we're role models for them, and they want to get in a play. So hopefully, it's just going to get better and better. In 2011, you were the top goal scorer in the women's Super League. What was that season like for you? Awesome. I mean, I'll, I'll never go back on that. That year was my best year, and I couldn't have done it without the players and the staff around me that year. But I've never felt pressured to score. And that, that year, I was, I've was i never been a forward. I'm a midfielder. And that year, Marcus just asked me to go and be a forward and do a job. And I enjoyed every minute of it. And we did really well. So I just, I'll just i play anywhere. As long as I'm playing, I'll play anywhere. I'll even go and goal if I have to. Probably the fans know um, pretty much everything there is to know about you, Rachel. But is there anything else you, you, you can think of that they might not know about you? Maybe the fact that I'm half Jamaican. People don't realise that. So it's a bit of a secret. When I tell people that, they're like, oh, really? People are shocked when I say, yeah, my dad's from Jamaica. They're like, well, where's your afro? I'm like, you don't need an afro to be Jamaican. Three days later was one of perhaps the best moments of the season for Birmingham City as they saw off Manchester City in a dramatic 2-0 victory. The game was encapsulated by some dramatic commentary by the girls on the ball who were doing Facebook Live at the time. Here is a brief clip of the dramatic moments from that brilliant victory. It's taken away from her by Jess Carter. She's still going. She's got Ellen White to her right. She's under pressure from Christensen. Oh. She looks for Emma Folis, who's through. And it's oh, a goal. And it's a great goal. goal. Counter-attack that was. Wow, counter-attack at its best. That was an excellent, excellent goal. Jess Carter worked so hard to get that ball up the pitch under a lot of pressure from Izzy Christensen. And it was... They've given it to Ellen White. She must I have to touch got... in at the end line. Oh, another goal for Ellen. Been really impressed with Birmingham City tonight. The final whistle goes, and it's 2-0 to Birmingham City, a great result for them. They have beaten the league leaders, Manchester City. Chris also spoke to Sarah Mayling after this game, and here are the best bits from that interview. Sarah, 2-0 win over Man City, what a massive boost for the team. Yeah, we were really happy with the win. Played them on Sunday, we thought we should have done better, actually, we should have won. So we're so happy today that we've finally beaten them after so many games against them. And did you learn lessons from Sunday's game, you know, obviously coming so close and, and taking that into today? Yeah, I think it just added more more fuel to the fire if, if it, that could happen, because we've lost against them so many times, drew against them, and and we, we really did deserve to win on Sunday, so we just worked harder, as I said, added fuel to the fire, and yeah, 
got the win that we're really happy about. Fantastic. And uh, for yourself personally, you've been in and out of the side. To come back in tonight in that central midfield role, do you think that's your best position and going forward for the season, is that where you'd like to stay? Yeah, um, I like playing midfield. Obviously, you get a lot of the ball. Um, in spring series, I played wing-back, which I enjoyed as well. thought I played OK today and hopefully kick on from there. After the fantastic win over Manchester City, Birmingham picked up another three wins in the next three matches against Liverpool, Bristol City and Sunderland to avenge that defeat back in January. It was certainly a fantastic run for Birmingham City and I got to speak to the goalkeeper and Katrin Berger during this time and here are the best bits from that interview. You returned back from your period out, um, obviously against Reading, and then you got a clean sheet. We weren't expecting you to be there, obviously, when you was playing, and then obviously putting in a good performance as you did. Just how happy were you just to be back on the field after what's happened? I was like a little kiss. Someone took a toy from me, and I want it back. I'm actually proud of myself, because you have to believe in something, and you have to set your target and say, OK, I want to play as soon as possible. I, obviously, I don't want to risk anything, because health is before everything. You need a target, and um, if you have a target, just work for it. And that was my motto. While you were out, obviously, Fran Stenson and Hannah Hampton played in your place. How proud are you for them stepping up and, and putting in good performances for Birmingham? I think they did a great job. They did everything they could, and I think their team also helped them out because they didn't have that experience, but I think uh, they did well. And it's nice to see um, like little girls, not little girls because they are almost bigger than me but uh, it's um, younger girls uh, who come through and I think these are the most important things because um, for me it's it's a pleasure to give them opportunity to teach them something. You played in Germany first of all and then went to Paris and then coming to uh, England. What did you expect um, obviously coming from Paris to Birmingham it was a big change and um, what were you expecting in England and how did that live up to your expectations when you came? First of all, the German league is one of the best leagues in the whole wide world. Um, Paris was more technical and um, for me, uh, to moving to Birmingham, it was a good move because I improved a lot and I think the league is really strong. I could play for uh, big teams, but I need a challenge. So I think it was a good move for myself to go to Birmingham and have more experience. Since you came in, fans have really taken to you. They, they, they love you. They appreciate everything you do for the club. How important is that for you, for the fans to really get on board of you? Just seeing you play and how well you play, people really appreciate how great you are as a player. I really appreciate every supporter. That's the most important part for a footballer, to have a supporter. And I, I love when so many people, like today, for example, on the Sunday, day it's uh, uh, they come in and support you and I think that's really important for every player. You haven't got any caps senior for Germany but given how well you're playing recently do you hope in the future you might be able to get a cap before you finish your career? I'm open for everything obviously uh, it's a pleasure to play for your country I'm just keep working and um, if it's on if they want me obviously I, I go and uh, I will enjoy it but if it's not on then um, it shouldn't be. Birmingham City's four-match winning streak came to an end against Yeovil Town. Despite shot after shot, Megan Walsh kept them all out and Birmingham had to go away from Yeovil with just a point. They bounced back from that disappointment with a 3-0 victory over Arsenal. And I got to speak to Megan Sargent following the game and I discovered how she first met one of her best friends, Frida Aisi. Came here a year before she joined. Did you hit it off from the start when she joined? Uh, yeah, well, I knew her from Arsenal, it was both at Arsenal Academy. I left before she did, 
and then one training session I turned up she sat in the change rooms I was like what are you doing here but we, we've always been close friends and we'll, we'll still be close friends we've got that bond in the team and everybody can see it and it I suppose it just brings up her good characters in the team with each other. Bring, brings morale up when you, when yeah, you get to spend time with well. Troubled too. The 3-0 win was the biggest win for Birmingham City over Arsenal in the history of the WSL. It was followed by a defeat against Chelsea once again. This one was tougher to take. Chelsea nicked it late on, despite Birmingham having the most of the ball in the second half. Following that defeat, though, Birmingham bounced back away at Everton, tripped down to the Marine Football Club Stadium, and two credible goals from Charlie Wellings and Ellen White secured the win on that day. And then the season ended with a match against Reading at St Andrews. It was Emily Westwood's final game as a professional player, as a full-time player for Birmingham City, and I caught up with her following the match, and I asked her how it felt and had it sunk in yet. Not really, and I think um, I think the way that I'm transitioning from being a player to you know a little bit off the pitch, you know I'll still be training next year, a couple of times, three times a week maybe, um, still to be decided yet. But because of that transition, I think that's what I really need. I've always said as soon as I stop playing football, I kind of like have a bit of a breakdown. I think Mark's done really well in giving me this position and arranging so that I'll gradually transition out of football. And um, for me, I think I said in my interview for Blues, like for my mental health, I think that's that's really important. I can't imagine having football one day and then the next day not having football. So I think that transition is really important. There's been high-profile cases in the past. Obviously, Paul Gascoigne's probably one of the biggest cases of someone who was, was so dedicated to their sport. And obviously, when it's taken away, it's 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 hard to transition. As you say, you've got the transition now to slowly work your way out of that. Coming out onto Sandra's for your final, possibly final game in front of about 1,100 odd people. I think it was. Was was that a nice moment to have? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a bit mad actually because I didn't really want any um, any fuss around it. But obviously, I led the team out. I was with my nephew and all my family was here today, which was uh, and friends, which was really amazing. I, I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't want it, you know. I didn't want the fuss, but you know, this is why the club's so amazing because they honour the people and they look after the people. And um, I'm one of those people that want to give it back. And hopefully, in my new role, that you know, I'll take on from the club's morals and that's what I'll do, helping the club. You've obviously done a lot of community stuff in the past, working with uh, Wolfhampton and stuff as well, and yep. Everton and stuff. It means a lot to you to help other people and give things back, as you say. And it, it just shows, as you say, it just shows how important the club know that you are over the years. You've you've given everything to Birmingham over the last six or seven years, and it's just it's just it's nice to lead them to give it to you back because we really respect everything you've done for this club. And Thank obviously, you. you've been a tremendous player and won things. If you can think possibly at this point, what is your favourite moment as a player up, up until now? Obviously I've played for three clubs, I've played for my country at all different age levels. Um, I'd probably have to break it down. I, could, I couldn't say, you know, one rules over the other. I've won, I think probably the FA Cup win with Blues is like a really good highlight for me. Again, with Everton, FA Cup and League Cup, you know, we weren't we weren't meant to win those games, but we but, but, but we did. Wolves um, captain in the side in my final year there before I moved on to Everton, and that's when at Wolves, obviously, that's where I got picked up for England seniors, and I was the only player at the time to play for England outside of the top level. I think Fran's done that recently, so you know, those are real highlights for me. And then obviously internationally, reaching the European final with England in 2009, you know, I played against Farah today and you know for me like starting with Farah at youth level 
and obviously at Everton and stuff like that and then finishing here today with Farrah's like you know really and, and I just said to her today I said she's like defining her age really because um you know she's as old as me probably a little bit older but um she's you know still running rings with people and I will always like have that memory of playing alongside Farrah because I think she's a bit of a legend all those little individual things from each club is probably the highlight of my career yeah and that completes the roundup of what happened this season for Birmingham City. Thanks to all the interviews from the players. It's just enough time to bring you some of the best bits from the rest of our shows over the course of this season. First, we're going to have the best bits from my interview with David Parker, the former Birmingham City manager and one of the longest serving managers in the history of the Women's Super League. Does any particular trip from your Champions League journey stand out? It's a little bit wider known now that we had issues, got stuck in the airport in Russia. That was a, that was an interesting time for a couple of hours and Joe's visa was printed wrong and we had, we had no idea because it was obviously Russian and didn't know until she got detained. There was a point where thinking, well, Joe might have to go back home. What the, what the hell are we going to do? Can she even get through sitting in the airport for a couple of hours, all the players on the conveyor belts? That was interesting. I remember one of the games in your final season. I can't remember who it was against, but Marcus had a chair that you'd like to see in a school assembly next to the dugout. With his arms crossed, it remains one of the, the funniest uh, sights I've seen at Birmingham City. I think I know exactly what you're talking about, actually. And I think if I'm right, it was the Liverpool quarterfinal in the Conti Cup. And I think, I'll be honest, the way that came about was we both got a chair and we were so bored. I'm not kidding you. It went into extra time. The game had fizzled out. There was nothing in that game. And we just took a back chair because we knew it was going to penalties. Like there was nothing, the, both teams had given it everything. I'm sure it was a piping up day. And we sat there on our chairs and we just relaxed and we just had a laugh and a giggle. We had a laugh and a giggle and we talked about, okay, well, what are we going to do? Well, this is going to penalties. And obviously Cole popped up with that memorable goal that came out of nothing. But it was a routine that was worked on the training ground. So you can say it was something that was worked at and it popped up at the right time. If you look at the pattern in that, it was something we worked on. But yeah, loads and loads of stories. And it's, obviously the club would not be where it was if it wasn't for Marcus all those years ago. You've become a father since leaving Birmingham. How is fatherhood for you? Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. It was something that I'd always wanted to be a father and be a dad, but you don't realise how much until it actually happens. Um, so that we actually got the news, obviously, uh, resigned from Birmingham it was a couple of days before the announcement and then it was about two weeks later that we had the scan and then found out obviously that we were having a baby so obviously a massive month that's changed my life the last year um, hugely but one in which that you probably go things fall into place for a reason and I don't think there's no way that I could have coped going through pregnancy in obviously the first six months with his obviously turned six months at the weekend so being able to deal with that and I talk about I didn't have much sleep trying to juggle Prozone and Birmingham and everything else things happened for a reason and that was it was meant to be our other special of this season was an extended interview with Emily Westwood at the time I didn't know it was going to be a final full season but it was a fantastic chat with her and here are the best bits from that one I basically got a little bit of a trial through playing football at my um, primary school. I was the only girl at my primary school, and fortunately, one of my teachers was married to the, the guy that was in charge at Wolves at the time, so she kind of got me a bit of a trial there. 
and I just got integrated straight away. We used to train where the men's training ground is now, the Sajak training ground. I remember it well. I remember the first day, you know, even to this day. You know, Mo Marley asked me if I wanted to come and play for Everton. And, you know, I couldn't turn it down. And, you know, playing alongside Farrell Williams and Rachel Brown, Lindsay Johnson, you know, and then Jill Scott that came not long after I joined. Couldn't have asked for be around better players and advance in my career and learn off the best players in the country. You've got on to play 32 times for England and have scored four times for your country. The first coming against Czech Republic in 2008. Can you remember the goal and how did you celebrate? I can remember the goal. It was from outside the box. 0-0 in half-time against Czech Republic and Holt made a change. I came on. We had a free kick. Farah played it into Kelly. She set me on the edge of the box and I remember just hitting it as hard as I could and it just rifled into the, the top net and I just was so ecstatic. I didn't really know what to do actually with my celebration so I just jumped as high as I could in the air. Under David Parker, Birmingham won the FA Women's Cup in 2012. It was your second time winning this trophy. Birmingham eventually won on penalties after the game finished 2-2 after extra time. What do you remember of that day? I remember it being hot. I remember it being at Bristol. I remember the score lines going back and forth with Chelsea. We knew that was a real great opportunity for us to win the FA Cup for Birmingham for the first time. And once we'd got the equalising goal, I just knew we we were going to go on. And regardless of how we won it, I just knew we were going to win it because of the way we kept coming back and the way the score lines went. I was really glad that I got the opportunity to do it with Laura Bassett and, and Kaz Carney been friends for a very long time and, and with them paired beating that blues for a very long time and you know West Midlands girls as well it was um it was really good to share that experience with them. The best thing about doing this podcast has been some of the more humorous moments that me and Chris have had over the course of the 29 episodes thanks to guests that have helped bring that alive and here are just some of the funniest moments that we have had on the show enjoy. How are you, Kaz? How are you, Rich? <laughs> was it a warm one on Saturday, Katie, for you? Yeah, yeah, it was fine. I don't know what he's complaining oh, about. It was I thought it was bitter, warm. bitter it was. <laughs> and Chris has just struck the bar with his penalty. It was a very strong effort. Yeah, I uh, I blame Aoife, Aoife Mannion. So I was waiting to take it. She was on the side of the pitch and I was speaking to her and she just said, just hit it hard. And now he goes into the goal to face the penalty from Anne Katrinberger. Here we go. Arms out. He's trying to put her off here. Chris doesn't look perturbed, but he's on the line. Wobbly legs. She slots it past him. And to Chris Nil. And that's all for this week's show. Thanks to Chris for joining me once again. You can find him on Twitter at AWCAIB. And I'm on Twitter also at Craig Hadley. And it's also thanks to all the guests we've had on the show this year. The likes of Katie Wyatt, Katie Hume... Kaz Smith, Chris Freville, Heather Carroll, and Amy Grange. You can follow the show on Twitter as well at GreatSense68. You've been listening to the Great Sense 68 podcast, the only dedicated Birmingham City Ladies audio show. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, then subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any other podcasting platform. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on.